0: If there is any word of comfort I can give you, it's just this, that the face of the beast always becomes known, and the time of the beast always passes. I want you to turn this into a silver bullet. You won't let go of it, will you? I saw what I saw. Marty the moon wasn't even full. In the made-up stories, the guy who's the werewolf only changes when the moon is full. But maybe he's like this almost all the time. I as the moon gets fuller, the guy gets wolf here, here. Take mine, too. Why don't you guys tell me how this guy, Lo, became a werewolf? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know either. I think he's going to come after me, not just because I know who he is, but because I heard him. But I think I'll wait till the moon's all the way full, and there's no Reverend Lo at all, only the monster. My son was torn to pieces. Pieces? My son was torn to pieces! Oh, he jumped up ball headed. Jesus me, Put it in, do God, let it down. Listen, Marty. You have got to get this idea out of your head. Psychotics are more active when the moon is full. And this guy's a psycho. When they catch him, you're gonna find out he's just as human as you and me.
1: Welcome to play Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMastounis. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. It's Friday. It's officially the STL Oktoberfest, and we are doing Silver Bullet today. I am super pumped, super excited, and I know you are because uh, at the time of recording, I've had server issues. I haven't been able to get up Blade 2 and Blade Trinity in my bonus episode, but I know by tomorrow uh, everything's going to be fixed, so this weekend... Uh, you guys are gonna have fun because you're gonna have three episodes to listen to. So I'm excited just to knowing the fact of I don't know I have no idea what happened. It was some glitch that they had where people could download, but I wasn't allowed to upload. It was crazy and you know of course I've gotten some extra services out of my frustration so you know that's always a bonus plan. But it's three episodes downloaded to you guys. I'm excited for you and this episode I'm really excited to talk about because this is Silver Bullet. This is my favorite werewolf movie of all time. This is the movie I've been wanting to do for a very long time and the time is finally right and... It's going to be a great way to kick off the Oktoberfest. As you know, this is my favorite time of year. Halloween is my, October is my favorite month. I love Halloween. I just love watching scary movies every single day and it's just so much fun. And uh, it's going to be very good. I'm glad this is kicking it off. And uh, already have the vote up there for the next two movies to be reviewed after Scream and Child's Play and uh the vote has been going pretty good um, it looks like i could tell who the two winners are going to be at this point which seem to be american werewolf in london and the puppet master but i guess we shall see if those are the final results at the end of uh next week so it's gonna be good times now before we roll into the review of silver bullet let's roll into some movie and music news
2: Secret. I can't look away from all this pain in the world we made. Every day you need a bulletproof vest to save yourself from what you could never guess. Am I safe today? Am when I, I step aside in the wars we wage, our future's here and now. Here comes
1: Alright, so this time around, it's only been a few days since I did movie and music news, even though I really spent a bunch of time talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But here you go. Here's some updated news for you. Uh, Lucky 7, it's a TV show, obviously. This would be more CCP news, but that's okay. And just so you know, CCP is recording with good old Jason himself. We will be doing that on October 19th for the uh, Gone Too Soon list. I'm excited, so mark your calendars, get your emails in. It's going to be good times, but lucky seven i guess it was on abc that sucker's been canceled after like two or i think it was two episodes it was just terrible ratings they got rid of that piece of trash so hopefully you were not digging that show if you were sorry shows canceled Uh, but those of you who are james spader fans yes the blacklist uh nbc that's the channel that it's on currently has ordered a full season of that show So those of you who are watching that show or were thinking about maybe checking it out but weren't too sure, it's cool, it's officially been picked up, there you go. Now uh, funny enough in regards to actual movie news, uh, although Spider-Man, I should say The Amazing Spider-Man 2 has not officially hit theaters yet, can you believe that writers are already being booked to start penning the third and fourth movies already? It's crazy, right? Well, anyways, uh, Alex Kurtzman, Robert, or Roberto, or Chi, and Jeff Pinkner have signed on for The Amazing Spider-Man 3, with Sony uh, basically thinking they want a release date of June 10, 2016. Well, I guess that's the scheduled date, so these guys got to get rolling, I guess. So it's going to be good times, man. And diehard fans of the franchise are hoping that one of the upcoming sequels focuses on Quote unquote, the death of Gwen Stacy's storyline. So, the next film is said to end with just that, but Sony isn't keen to announcing any details. So, if that is the case, and you know, that was the thing that I said uh, a few months ago with Spider Man 2, I think it was when Jason was on for EZA. I said that I know that Gwen uh, Stacy's character is supposed to die in Amazing Spider Man 2, I just hope it happens at the end of the movie. And hopefully that is the case and it sounds like it could be the case that's the rumor but I'm excited and it's cool man I'm glad that they have enough uh, faith in this franchise to, uh, man they already got you know number three ready to roll out and number two hasn't even come out yet so the last thing I want to talk about is Fast and Furious 6 release date now this kind of annoys me essentially they're not releasing this movie until December 10th which is really cool because December 10th is technically my first anniversary. You know, me and my wife we celebrate two anniversaries: the day that we met, and then our actual wedding date. So December 10th was the day that we met, and we always celebrate. It's always a good time. So for that aspect, I'm excited because that movie. You know, you know how much I love that movie. It's coming out on December 10th. But why the hell does it have to come out this far out, man? It was supposed to be out this month. I mean, think about it. Iron Man 3 came out, and shortly after that, I think it was two weeks later, Fast and Furious 6 came out. Then Man of Steel came out later. Both Iron Man 3 and Man of Steel are already going to be out on DVD before Fast 6 ever comes out. It's stupid. It should have gone in order. I mean, Iron Man 3 is the biggest money-making movie of the year. Fast 6 is number three. But, Iron Man 3 came out, and Fast 6 has to wait until December to come out. Granted, you can get the digital version of it in November. It's still annoying to me. You know, I can see a movie being successful. You take your time to have it come out on Blu-ray. But, Iron Man 3 is the biggest movie of the year. It's not like Fast 6 was the biggest movie of the year. So, why the hell do you guys have to delay it so far into the future and making it come out in December? It's ridiculous. It just annoys me. However, I am, you know talking spoilers here if you haven't seen the movie so there's a particular character that dies so spoiler alert if you have not seen this movie and you have any attention there's a particular character in the movie that died and there was a picture of Michelle Rodriguez that was on the set of Fast 7 and it was a picture of the person that died in the picture with her so spoiler alert here we go the person that died in Fast and Fury 6 is Giselle she died in that movie well guess what she's in Fast 7 so obviously we didn't see a body in Fast 6 so she's coming back in Fast 7 she's not even on the IMDB list or any list that I find of her being there but there was a set photo with her and Michelle Rodriguez it was good time so it's cool man it kind of makes sense that you know getting revenge for her man's death so i'm i'm excited man it's good times i love giselle so my wife loves giselle so she's excited it's not officially confirmed but that is the official picture that i saw yesterday so let's keep our fingers crossed it's gonna be awesome but it just annoys me man why they gotta wait so long for that to come out so that is it guys for movie news in regards to music news for you this week or i should say three days later kind of a ridiculous story but evidently Sinead O'Connor is threatening to do legal action against Miley Cyrus so essentially here's the deal Sinead O'Connor reacted forcefully to online taunting by Miley Cyrus in the wake of her impassioned letter to the singer I guess so uh, I guess there was this much discussed open letter in which she warns the young singer of uh, you know basically to be pimped to the music business and Cyrus responded by mocking Sinead O'Connor's mental health issues for two years and all this and that. You know, before there was Amanda Bynes, you know, there was her. And so there's just this big legal action going. It's like, Sinead O'Connor, it's not like you're very big nowadays. I mean, seriously. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Miley has enough Uh, I mean Miley is spinning out of control we've seen this before this is nothing new folks you know We've seen Britney spin out of control and everybody else spin out of control You know it's kind of getting old but I just found this to be kind of stupid that She's threatening legal action against her it's like this isn't going to go nowhere it's just for news sake It's just kind of dumb so I say that these two should just shut up So on that note let's go ahead and wrap up movie and music news and let's get into the review of silver bullet. I
0: want you to turn this into a silver bullet. You want a silver bullet? Huh? Nicest piece of work I ever done, I think. Ought to be pretty accurate. Oh, tech, you're gonna shoot a 44 bullet at anyway. Better than silver. How about a werewolf? You know, Tammy told me she'd been hearing noises in the greenhouse. Growling noises. father was killed that night. Listen, Marty. You have got to get this idea out of your head. Psychotics are more active when the moon is full. And this guy's a psycho. When they catch him, you're gonna find out he's just as human as you and me. I'm a little too old to be playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. It came for me. I shot it in the eye, now he's wearing an eye patch. You won't let go of it, will you? saw what I saw. Why don't you guys tell me how this guy Lowe became a werewolf? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know either. I think he's going to come after me. But I think I'll wait till the moon's all the way full. And there's no Reverend Low at all. Only the monster. Forge him a drink. He drinks it, he sits there for a while, says, Hey, Jackass, pour me another drink. So he pours another drink. The guy gets up and leaves. The guy that's sitting there says, Hey, why do you let him call you Jackass all the time? The bartender says, Oh, he, oh, he, oh, he always called me that. <laughs>
1: all right, guys, I am super excited to be talking Silver Bullet. Now, I don't know if any of you guys out there don't like this movie or whatever the case is, because when I asked for emails on this, I got one which is ridiculous I mean come on I know there's gotta be more than just one person that likes this movie in the STL land so I'm just gonna take it as though nobody had the time to write in which is cool Uh, but there's uh, Peter time traveling Peter is the one that wrote in and there's something that he brought up in his email that I'm going to address during my review Uh, just to kind of uh, you know play devil's advocate if you will to what he has to say But overall, this movie is still my favorite werewolf movie of all time. You know, this movie came out in 85, and you know, I was born in 79, so easily, I mean, I probably saw this in maybe 86 or 87, it still stuck with me through all these years. I still have the same emotional uh, things that happen in the movie still affect me to this day, which I'll talk about when we get there, but the thing with werewolf movies is... There's not a lot of them, or I should say there's not a lot of good werewolf movies. You know, unlike vampire movies, there's a crap load of them that you can choose from. Werewolf movies? No, I'm not really. Most of them are terrible piece of craps. There's a lot of there's a few not a lot, but there's a few gems, which of course we know would be American Werewolf in London. Uh for a bunch of uh people that are really into werewolves, you've seen Dog Soldiers, there's this movie. And really, I can't name a whole lot more outside of those three in regards to, you know, great werewolf movies. So, let's get into this and discuss about my affection and love for this movie and the effects that this movie still has on me to this day, which is pretty surprising. So, here's the thing. This movie, uh, as I said, came out in 85. Now, I... I'm going to talk about Corey Haim in this movie because I told you guys on the License to Drive review that this is my favorite Corey Haim film. So I am gonna kind of run through his biography, if you will, a little bit later, just to kind of give you my thoughts on his, uh, you know, his movies and the differences between him and Corey Feldman. I, you know, I talked about that, so I'll definitely address that here. But, you know, this movie uh, is a Stephen King novel. Now, here's the thing. This is the only Stephen King book that I know of that has pictures in it. And these pictures are beautiful. I mean, it really tells the story uh, especially if you've never seen this movie and you're just reading the book for the first time and you see those pictures, it's like, wow, it's very impactful. Now, of course, there's differences between the book and the movie, of course. I mean, this movie's fast. It's about an ex- I think it's exactly one hour and 30 minutes long and it's exactly 95 minutes long and Stephen King wrote the screenplay so it's very cool that he did that because he was able to transition and take out you know kind of the differences that he wanted to have in the movie which is pretty awesome now Gary Busey is in this movie uh, which is this is definitely my favorite Gary Busey film we have Everett McGill and uh, Corey Haim and Megan Follows which is the sister of Corey Haim Uh, her name is Jane so those are our main four characters so Here's essentially kind of what happens in the film if it's been a long time since you've seen this or you've never seen this. Here's essentially how it goes. Jane is the narrator of the film which is pretty interesting and I'll definitely talk about that in more detail. And we have Corey Haim's character who is Marty and uh, he's paralyzed from the waist down. And the movie starts off and we have this railroad railroad worker, Arnie Westrum, who's played by the guy in Major League, the coach. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But it starts off and he gets killed by a werewolf. And the county uh, coroner believes that Arnie passed out on the railroad tracks and he got ran over by a train. So there's this local woman. Her name is Stella who she's going to commit suicide because she's unmarried and she's pregnant and before she can go ahead and finalize her suicidalness, uh she gets murdered of course by the werewolf so the murder of course goes unsolved and the townsfolk become worried because we're dealing in a very small town which i can't wait to talk about and uh you know the town kind of gets together and uh The next victim ends up being this guy named Milt, uh, who's the daughter of Marty's girlfriend. Or, you know, not really girlfriend-girlfriend, more like actual girlfriend. Because her father heard some ruckus going on in his shed. He went out there to see what's going on, and then the dude gets murdered, but it's okay. He was a douchebag anyways, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So, of course, um, we have um, more... People die. We have the friend of Marty, who is uh, his name's Brady. Uh, he gets killed. And then at that point, after Brady's death, uh, citizens, led by this local gun shop guy, his name is Andy, they want to have some private justice of their own. We're dealing with a small town, but the local sheriff, his name is Joe, uh, Joe Holler, and his only deputy that he has, they want to, of course, stop the citizens, and the officers relent after being basically berated by uh Brady's father who just says, "You know what? My son was torn to pieces. You want to talk about private justice?" And you know, he just basically puts him in his place, and the town folks, they just they're going to go off and they're going to find this guy and kill him. So, we have the uh reverend whose name is Lester Lowe, you know, he sees everybody attempting to prevent uh, you know, going out, so he's trying to stop any more bloodshed, but of course, they go out and a bunch of them get killed. And the survivors later deny seeing anything unusual, of course. And then Reverend Lowe, he dreams that uh, he's doing this like big mass funeral for all the people that had died. And all of a sudden, they start turning into werewolves. Well, guess what? Spoiler alert. That tells you right there who the werewolf is. The Reverend. So he wakes up because he asked God to let it end. Which, of course, tells you right there he's the werewolf. But you'll get official confirmation later, which... It's kind of cool because, you know, it's it's telling you right off the bat he's the werewolf. But you have to get official confirmation later, I guess. But at that point in the game, you're like, oh, it's the Reverend. Wow, what a twist. So, of course, due to the, you know, mounting Unsolved Murders, curfews are put into place. The annual fair and fireworks show gets canceled. So uh, Marty's family decides that they're going to have their own backyard party and invite... Uh, You know Uncle Red over who's played by Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey's an alcoholic um, and you know he essentially I guess he shows up like once a month. Uh, He loves Marty very much and he builds him this wheelchair. It's kind of like a aka wheelchair motorcycle. Uh, and it's nicknamed the Silver Bullet, of course. Now he does give Marty these fireworks so that he can have his own celebration when nobody knows what's going on. He's like, "We're not gonna let no jackass take away anything from us." So Marty, later in the night, he decides to go out, uh, uses Silver Bullet, and he goes on this small bridge and he lights some fireworks. And then we get the uh, what I like to call the in four words: scary ass bridge scene so as the review goes on we will all repeat that together scary ass bridge scene got that it's four simple words so anyways we get the scary ass bridge scene and we all in our couch pee in our pants as we're watching the scene but essentially uh werewolf shows up and marty at the last minute gets a rocket shoots him in his left eye and he takes off And that's when Marty officially knows that there's a werewolf, and now he's pissed off the Reverend. So Marty goes ahead and tells Jane what essentially happened. And surprisingly, she believes him because these two pretty much been fighting the whole movie. But uh, in order to not look suspicious, she does this church bottle drive because if she can go around town and look for anybody who has a newly, you know, uh, left missing left eye. It's going to tell you who the werewolf is. So she pretty much goes all around town. Doesn't find anybody. She's pissed off. She goes back to the church. And that's when she finds out, lo and behold, Reverend Lowe is missing a left eye. And she freaks out. Of course, she's able to get away. She goes home. And knowing that nobody is going to believe this story, Marty begins to send anonymous notes to the Reverend telling him that he knows what he is. He knows who he is and that he should kill himself. So that way no more more killings happen anymore. So then we get the uh, Reverend going after Marty essentially Uh, we get this bridge scene he tries to kill him and knock him off the bridge and uh, we get to a point where Marty gets stuck in this little barn Reverend pretty much tells his his side of the story of why he's killing people which we'll get into in the details but luckily Marty is able to get uh rescued in a way which we'll talk about and then we get the big thing where they tell red about what's going on their letter writing campaign he gets pissed off and he's just like how can you do this whatever but once he sees that uh, marty's wheelchair the silver bullet has dents in it and it's the same color as Lowe's car he believes them. He goes and tells the sheriff. The sheriff, of course, says, this is a crazy story. He goes, I just believe that the reverend should be checked out. Of course, he goes to check out. Yeah, the, re- the sheriff goes to check out Mr. Reverend Lowe. And he turns into a werewolf and he kills the sheriff. So, basically, at this point, we get to the end of the movie where they decide the only way to stop them is to make a silver bullet. Because, at this point, the reverend's going to do nothing but kill him. You know, so... They On Halloween, they have a setup up to where the parents are taken away. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And we have the big showdown between Marty, uh, Jane, and Uncle Red against the werewolf. And they win and the movie ends with an actual happy ending, which we never get. So, man, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. We'll talk about the details. So, let's get into this all right so let's get into this now here's the thing with this film as i go through it now i know a lot of you out there are probably going to say you know american werewolf in london is the best werewolf movie of all time and you know i'm not going to sit here and say that silver bullet is is the greatest werewolf movie of all time i'm just going to explain to you why it's my favorite of all time so let's get into it so the movie has this amazing score as with halloween uh, which Halloween is um, just f- uh, my favorite horror movie of all time. And part of it is because of how simple it is and the music and the sc- just the overall score is just mind-blowingly awesome and it's so simple. Same as this score. This kind of starts off, with this kind of happy score and just immediately shifts tones to have this real creepy vibe. And we get the voiceover of Jane just kind of giving you the highlight. And I like the fact of we see spring nineteen seventy-six. Kind of like with Halloween. It's built in a time capsule just by giving you the date in the you know the date and the year. It's in its own little thing. So that way you know, you don't have to set it in present day and then it doesn't work. But because it's set in spring of 76, it makes it more effective and makes it work. So we get our first victim, which is the uh, Arnie. And he's actually the coach from Major League. Uh, instantly, as soon as I heard his voice, I knew it. But I dig it, man. We have the – what I love what they do with the werewolf here is – is kind of like Halloween, Michael Myers. You see him from a distance, or you see a little bit here, a little bit there, but you don't really get the full uh, face until we get towards the end of the film. Now, I'm not saying we don't get the the full face of the werewolf until the end of the movie but they do a very good job of building this thing up so we hear that score you know kick in and give you that creepy vibe and just a little shadow over his head and all of a sudden he turns around and there's a big hand and it cuts off his head now of course by today's standards it would look a lot better but for when this movie was filmed which the movie was filmed as i said in 1985 this worked it looked it looked it Pretty much kind of look like uh, the guy uh, that was actually playing him. And you see his body laying on one side and head on the other, you know? Now, for those of you guys who want to know, you know, what it's like where I live, it's this movie. This small town that you see in this film is exactly how the buildings look, how the trees look. It's basically, this is my town, man, exactly what I moved to. And it kind of gives you that creepy vibe, you know. It's a simple small town and evil has come to it, you know. It's like they tried to make this place be like a, a wholesome place, you know, a happy place, you know. Where the reverend of the town is like speaking, you know. And everybody's there and everybody's digging it. And it's just this big happy-go-lucky uh, town thing going on. Which is what we have, especially in other small towns next to me. Because I live in the biggest of the small towns. Which is 25,000 people. But the next town over. There's only 5,000. Not even. There's only 2,000 people that live there. And it's. When you live in a small town. The stuff that happens in this movie. Is exactly what happens in a small town. Everybody knows everybody's business. And everybody. Everybody. Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to take the law in their own hands but the crap that happens in this movie would so happen in a small town if people were getting murdered they would so override the police it's not even funny they get out their guns because we got farmers out here you know, they don't mess around, man. They all got their shotguns and everything, you know. So it this whole town is probably another reason why now as an adult and knowing the fact that I moved to the place like this just kind of creeps me out a little bit but it's also another reason why it's so impactful for me today. Now let's talk about uh, the introduction of our boy Corey Haim Marty. Now this movie is obviously before license to drive. And the reason I said this is my favorite Cory Haim film is man, he really kills it in this movie. He has the right amount of heart, he has the right amount of uh especially his fear, man, when there's certain scenes we're going to talk about, his just his performance is just he murders it. It is so good. Uh you know immediately, you know, he's just hanging out with his buddy And he's kind of trying to be, you know, boys are going to be boys messing with the snake. But his sister comes around and immediately if he's thinking, yeah, it'd be fun to play a joke on her. But when the joke happens, he immediately feels so sorry and he feels so regretful and You know you know that he loves his sister, you know, and of course she's upset because she's the older sister and has the burden of feeling like, you know, I have to take care of my brother, you know, who's crippled. You know, of course, uh, I'm not in that position, but I know people who are, you know, and it's hard not to have that sort of, uh, you know, feeling of like, you know, I can't really relate to you because I always have to take care of you. You know, it's like we can't have fun together kind of thing, you know, and that's kind of immediately the relationship you kind of see with these two but Marty has a great heart and you get that immediately when you watch this Corey Hain does a phenomenal job of just showing you how much of a likable character and how much of a good heart this guy has we'll just go into Jane's room and just say look I'm so sorry what happened it was an honest mistake you know here's my money to pay and get you to replace the pantyhose that got ripped you know and and then she just apologizes to him like, hey, sorry that I was so rude to you about the truth with Uncle Red, you know, getting divorced and everything like that, you know. So I just I really love their relationship. I like her vo- her voiceover because, number one, having a narrative over the story is per- it kind of reminds me of Burn Notice, if you will. But, of course, this came out before Burn Notice, but kind of tells you that hey, she might make it through this movie, you know. But we don't really, in horror movies, get a narrative over the story, you know. And This is something that's pretty original, I would say, in my opinion. Maybe I'm missing a movie that did it first, but not a lot of movies do this, and I really dig it. So, And I'm not talking Iron Man 3, I'm talking horror movies here. Somebody narrating the story, it's pretty awesome. Now, one thing I really love about this movie is it's very fast-paced, but no scene doesn't uh, go unwarranted, if you will. Everything sets up for something else. For example, when Jane... You know, falls and she's pissed off at Marty and she goes in the little area to kind of get herself together to stop crying. She sees the lady who's going to be our first victim, if you will, to the werewolf. You find out that she got pregnant and that she's not married and she uh, is having a hard time dealing with it. You know, it kind of seems like uh, one of those scenes that really doesn't pay off, but it sets things up that are going to happen in a few moments, you know. And it's, I, that's what I really dig. There's not a scene in this movie that I would take out because you need every scene that happens for it to pay off to the next scene or something that's going to happen later on in the story and that's a good movie you know where you can look at a movie and be like "Ah, we don't really need that scene if you can look at a movie and be like every scene fits you know you're dealing with a really good movie now this uh this first attack that happens um to our lady friend here who's Stella uh man this was, I mean, when you see the full moon, obviously you know what's going to happen. But when that score kicks in, man, and you hear that that growling, man, it, or the breathing, I should say, it's just so good. They do such a good job of building that up. And as he's just climbing up the, you know, the railing to get up to her in the window, you know, and you just see the big shadow, and it jumps through. And they just show you the teeth, and you just see the claws going, and and really, you kind of get a little bit of the eyes, you know. And you're like, oh man, the eyes on this thing looks phenomenal. Here's the thing: let's address this now. I think everybody has their own vision of what a werewolf should look like, how it should act, how it should move, so on and so forth. So I think depending on your interpretation and how you like a werewolf will determine how much you're going to like a movie now most of the movies today are just piece of crap sci-fi cgi garbage it's terrible i rent these werewolf movies at like family video and i take them back after i watch them for three minutes because i see the werewolf and it looks ridiculous this movie the reason why this is my favorite is i love the different just the overall movements man are just number one i guess there was a dancer that was actually playing the werewolf i mean obviously this is a suit now some people uh that i've talked to have said you know oh it looks like a bear or some people like yeah that looks like a werewolf you know or like oh american werewolf looks better or you know dog soldiers looks better for me this one is the best because The eyes do so much facial features. I mean, this thing's face changes so much. And other movies I've watched, it doesn't. It has the same face the whole entire movie. And all it does is its jaw moves. And it's so boring and stupid. And I just don't like it, you know. So, uh, if you don't like the way that the werewolf looks, you know, obviously it's going to knock your score down for the movie. But for me... I love the way that this looks because it has so much movement. It The facial features change so much from uh, it can open its jaw really good. The eyes and its cheeks move so good and so well. It looks like a flipping real werewolf. So for me, maybe it's because I saw this as a little tiny boy and the image is embedded in my head. This has the same effect as uh the morgue does in never ending story the morgue is still i think the scariest creature i've ever seen in my whole entire life and i don't think anything will ever top the morgue from that from never ending story that is by far the scariest thing i've ever seen and this thing reminds me so much of that which is why i love it and why it works so i'm not gonna admit i'm not going to deny there's some scenes where it's really stiff I agree with you 100%. There are some scenes where the werewolf looks stiff, but 95% of the time it works for me, and very rarely do I ever be like, ah, that looks stiff, you know. So I am good. I love this werewolf, and I just want to get that out of the way. So. When he comes in, you know, we get to see the teeth for the first time. But anytime they show the eyes, it looks so good and so real. And he just tears her up and then she's just laying on the bed. And, you know, then then we move on. So we get introduced to our Sheriff Joe in the movie and you know he's definitely a good guy i mean you can kind of get that and he's trying to deal with a lot and we have the one deputy and then we get introduced to you know our small town that we're going to deal with how you know everybody's talking about paying taxes but we get you know andy who's our main douchebag of the movie you know who is essentially going to create the vigilante group that we're going to get later on in the film Uh, You know, my town, luckily, doesn't have a jerk-off like this. But if you're watching Under the Dome, which is actually a Stephen King uh, book kind of funny they have a similar guy who's running the town who acts just like this gun shop owner but you know i dig it though you know everybody in a restaurant like this would know everybody's business about who's paying taxes and who's not paying taxes and stuff like that this is the crap that people deal with in a small town so this all is if any of this doesn't seem like it's true it would totally happen because i've actually witnessed stuff like this happen in my small town Now, uh, we have uh, Corey Haim's girlfriend, if you will, uh, kind of the introduction to the guy that's going to get slaughtered in the barn. You know, she has this southern accent, and she seems okay. I mean, she's definitely, I'd say, the weakest actor, of course, in this movie, you know, as most child actors are. But Corey Haim is just leaps and bounds acting-wise above this girl. But who knows if she ever went ahead and acted in anything else? Uh, I'm not saying like I dislike this girl, but you know everything. Which like you know, I just saw her, you know, and just the way she looks when she says it, she just seems like she's trying really hard to act. But her little scene that she has in Marty definitely builds up his character and just shows you how sweet and how brave he is. And her little kiss on the cheek is cute. And of course, it sets up our next victim, which is her father Milt, who's just a just abusive drunk. And I mean, of course, you don't know if he hits her, but you kind of get the idea and you're not going to have any sympathy when this guy gets killed. So but I like it, though, man, the little scene with Marty and his little, you know, running out of gas, got to get to the gas station. You know, it's good. These little moments in the film kind of give those little kind of fun moments, if you will, because we don't really get a lot of fun moments in horror movies but this is definitely a fun moment of like ah oh, you know this scene just looks cool it's shot well it looks beautiful and is he going to get to the gas station in time you know just little scenes like this in the movie really work for me and when we get introduced to uncle red gary Busey. now gary Busey uh, is a, obviously awesome he's not new to stl we talked about him at point break and i mentioned how this is my favorite of his roles he's more like the dc cab Uh, guy that he played in this movie but he's really cool I mean he's obviously a guy who is uh, dealing with drinking but he you can totally tell that he loves Marty and it's kind of the son that he never had and I really dig this guy because he really struggles you know the like the one scene where Brady dies and he's in the church debating if he should drink or not. you know, And you kind of get to the end of the film and he's not really drinking anymore. So this guy definitely goes through some character development, which is cool. But I've always liked Gary Busey. I mean, of course, he's gotten crazier as the years have gone on. But this has always been my favorite movie because he's a guy that has a good heart who just has a lot of problems and he's trying to figure out how to deal with them. And you you get all that in just a short amount of time that we get to see this guy on screen. And of course, who doesn't love that jackass joke? That one's funny. Most of you are like, nah, that's a terrible joke. But I always dig it. It's always funny. And I even like the argument between him and his sister. You know, when Marty's got to go to bed. And she's just like, you know, you come in and out of his life, you know. And he's like, you know, you need to quit looking at Marty like he's just a liability. There's more to him than just having to put him in a wheelchair every day. You know, it's just a really good argument. uh, Brother and sister argument. But it definitely uh, plays value to Uh, The parents aren't in this movie very much but they work for the little scenes that they're in and this line, this actual scene pays off towards the end of the film when she's actually getting along with Red and gives him a kiss and says goodbye, you know, when uh, they're getting ready for the big ending and he's like, you know, me and her are a lot like you guys, you know, And, and you get that because of the argument you had earlier in the film. Like I said, every scene pays off in this film. And I dig that. It definitely shows you, you know, just like Jane and Marty's relationship is kind of bitter at first and then gets better as the movie goes on, you know. And so, like I said, I really dig pretty much every single scene in this movie. Uh, there's, I think there's one that I don't, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Now, uh, the uh, second attack, which is uh, Mr. Uh, Milt going inside of his uh, shed, uh, man. Good scene. Good scene. I love the eyes. Like I said, uh, you know, just the creep factor. You know, this guy obviously has a lot of light in this little tiny shed. But when that scene, man, every time I'm expecting just to see the eyes and when the scene hits, it still freaks me out. It's excellent. And then the werewolf starts to shake the shed, brings him in and he gets stabbed in the stomach and he gets tore apart. So, again, you don't really care about this guy getting killed. It's kind of you're kind of cool with it. He kind of deserved it. But uh, it's just, you know, it's just a very good uh, very good scary scene. I definitely dig it. Now here's the thing I will say about this movie. To this day I have never, never watched this movie in the daytime. It's only been at nighttime. I've done that purposefully because I've always thought to myself that this movie I think only works if you watch it in the dark. I don't know why. Maybe it's. I've always had that mindset as a kid and I've just always stuck with it. I have no idea if it would lose any effect if I watch it in the daytime, but I just have this rule: when I watch *Silver Bullet*, which is usually once a year, I have to watch it in the dark. That's just the way I do it. Now, uh, the the scene coming up, uh, you, which of course shows you, you know, the curfew kicking in and all the people uh, going inside. You know, I really dig that. It's definitely a, a something that would happen in a small town, but it's a nice little touch. The way that they film it, the way the coloring looks, uh, I really dig it. But the brady scene you know where uh marty's supposed to go home and brady's just wants to fly his kite and he marty looks at brady and kind of has that look in his eye of like i have a feeling i'm not going to see him again but i don't know you know And i really like how they do that and my oldest daughter uh watched this movie with me uh she's i think this is like her fourth time watching she really loves this movie but you know i always ask her i'm like hey You know, are you going to open your eyes? Because anytime the wear old sunscreen, she's got to close her eyes. But one thing she asked me, she goes, why is it when Brady gets killed, why don't they show the body? And I said, don't you think it's more scary if in your mind you imagine what his body looks like versus if they actually show it to you? And she goes, yeah. like well that's why i'm like the movies that i grew up with like halloween and stuff where yes there's some scenes that they show you that are somebody's being killed there's other scenes where you have to imagine it being done you know like in halloween he they don't show you every single kill that michael myers does you know and the movies nowadays they gotta show you everything you know it's like You are not allowed to use your imagination anymore with today's cinema, which is why I think horror movies nowadays, they suck because they got to show you everything. We got to gross you out. We got to show you the best special effects and stuff. And that's, you know... Uh, you can't do that man you gotta leave the imagination to us you know and yes our generation has changed and yes we wanna you know we're so fast and we want things done now and all this snap. but when people wanna go to a horror movie they wanna be scared and when you're just showing them everything uh people aren't going to dig it man you know and I love how they tease you a little bit you know when the father comes in and starts talking about his son being torn to pieces and they show that picture for like a half a second just teasing you of what it possibly could look like it's good stuff and those are the things I really enjoy especially in horror movies that you really don't get to see anymore today now the funeral scene with Brady uh you know I talked about before where Uncle Red you know he had the flask and he decided to put it away I really like the conversation in the car you know where marty just kind of says hey i you know it could be a werewolf you know and uncle red's like yeah what if it's a werewolf you know and then of course his uh, adult uh, responsibilities kick in he's like nah you know he's trying to tell him there's no such thing you know and then when he drops him off he's just like watch out for the werewolf you know it's a good scene uh, i really dig it it's funny but it's also marty already knowing that something's not right and the kid intuition kicks in of like man forget that crap it could be a werewolf you know this is just the way things are and i like how marty is just you know he's just a good kid man and he already knows what's up before anybody else does now of course the fog scene is done very well it's very creepy you know all the guys decide they want to do uh you know private justice and you have reverend low trying to stop everybody and they decide to go out and you got to love the guy stepping in the bear trap man it's kind of setting the scene up of just like oh man this is not going to be good and uh there's a funny moment where the old guy is just like i'm not scared you know and then people start getting off by the werewolf man the music's great the growling's great uh great special effects i dig it it's just a super fun scene very creepy very scary i dig it it's good stuff Now, the uh, scene after this, of course, is what you think is a real funeral, but everybody starts to have all these real funny looks on their faces and just kind of real uh, nasty, dirty looks to the reverend. So you know something's kind of off in this scene, but eventually you'll find out it's a dream and you get the reveal that he's really the werewolf. Well... In this scene, we kind of get, as Peter has said in his email, how this is kind of like uh, kind of cheesy, kind of thriller type werewolves, which I believe, let's think about this. This scene isn't supposed to be where all the werewolves look like Reverend Lowe. These are supposed to be like half breeds. And, you know, of course, they don't look very good. And I agree 100% that, yeah, they look more like thriller rejects than they do werewolves. And it's... It's a dream, you know, things get kind of funky in a dream. I think it's it's maybe the weakest scene in the whole entire film. Uh, I don't hate it, and I can definitely see why it would be considered, as he says, a cheesy type thriller scene, which is totally fine. But these guys aren't supposed to look like Reverend Lowe. Reverend Lowe is the big badass of the movie, You know, so you don't want all these, you know, multiple werewolves to look just as good as he does. So it's okay. It's definitely a serviceable scene, but it tells you that he's the werewolf and he's like, dear God, let it end. So at this point, you know, you kind of get Reverend Lowe is really a nice guy, but he just happens to be the killer of the movie. Now we uh, we find out about the fireworks going to cancel. We kind of see the dead town all around and we have the new silver bullet that gets built by... Uh, uncle red and i love the scene where marty goes out for a test drive and he's like you know uh it's a very fun scene you know one of the scenes i was talking about earlier was just like this movie has a few fun scenes where it kind of feels like you're watching a different movie you know this guy in a wheelchair gets this really cool wheelchair that's all motorized and it you if for a second there kind of forget that you're watching a werewolf movie it's just one of those the music is very happy And he looks like he's having a lot of fun. It's shot very well so you can't tell it's a stunt guy in there. It's just a very good fun scene. And I love the look on his face when he's like, you know, I built that for you because I love you. And he just smiles and kind of puts his head down. Just like, you know, yeah, I love you too. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Corey Haim just kills it. He doesn't do a performance like this in any other movie as well as he does in this one. He just is able to convey a lot of different Uh, feelings through his face that he doesn't really do a whole lot in other movies that i've watched him in but overall just a really good fun scene uncle red gives them the fireworks and uh talking about saving the rocket for last which was just good times and then we get to everybody say the four words together ready one two three scary ass bridge scene okay no doubt about it this is not only the best scene of the movie not only is it the scariest scene of the movie, but this is the most effective scene of the movie because, still to this day, last night, I still had the willies, still had the chills watching this scene. Uh, he gets to the bridge, you know, you had some happy music beforehand, but it gets real quiet, and you see the water and just a reflection of the werewolf, and you're just like, oh man and then he just does a little creeping and the music just starts to get starts to build and then you see his eyes the shot of his eyes with the reflection of the firework man that is a beautiful shot oh my gosh it's so good and then he's slowly creeping up and then uh when you get him finally walking and you kind of get like a psycho uh psycho theme playing you know er- You know, in the background but it's done a little bit differently and just the look on his face and uh, trying to light the fire you know trying to get the rocket just lit on time and oh man it's so good and then when the werewolf gets the rocket in his eye just the way his face looks it's just oh man it's done fantastic it's very effective it still freaks me out I've seen this movie like 50 times and every single time it still has the same effect and Corey Haim his his face is so amazing how scared he is driving home and curling up in the corner makes me just as scared and puts me immediately in that scene and it's just oh man this is the scene that tells you that Corey Haim is a better actor than Corey Feldman because I can totally put myself in his shoes in in this movie and that scene and oh it's just so good it's like Corey Feldman yeah he's good But Corey Haim was great. So after this scene, I think it's really cool that Jane decides to help Marty out. And it's a really good scene. It's kind of an eerie feeling of just her going up to house to house. And they they keep the suspense going just by the slow build. And the way that the score is going for this scene is very effective. And you're kind of thinking every person she sees, they do a great job of only showing you one eye. And then the other eye gets revealed. And then... Once we get to Reverend Lowe, it's like, boom, they show the eye patch. And what I love is this is my favorite lighting of the film. Where when he's over her and saying, oh, Jane, you're trembling. And the way she's looking up at him and only her eyes are showing. Her face is covered up by the shadow. This is the best shot of the film. It's fantastic the way it looks. Just the way the sunlight's coming in there and just kind of just covering up her face. And, oh, so good, man. They had a great cinematographer on this movie, man good times i love it uh you see the peacemaker just everything comes together and then we get uh the scene that it works for me but is the only scene that i can call out as it would never happen Uh, this is the scene where uh marty of course is looking at all the guys in the ball field you know just admiring their legs and obviously wishing he had you know his working of course And now we see crazy Reverend Lowe because he's been getting the letters from Marty. So now he's pissed off. And the nice Reverend Lowe we got has officially turned into the Terminator Reverend Lowe at this point. He's all got facial hair all over. Just real, oh, this guy is just full-blown transformed into starting to turn into a monster, if you will. And uh, it's not the chase. I like the chase. It's good. It's done very well. It's very uh, suspenseful. It's when Marty goes into the barn. What the thing is, is due to the fact of I live in a small town and I deal with a bunch of farmers around me, I know how loud those tractors are. There's no way, no way he would have heard Marty in that barn. No way. There's, oh no. But most people watching this are probably city folks and not going to know that but I know how loud those tractors are that that guy is on. And how far away he was from the bridge. Uh, from where Marty was at in the barn. To be heard. There's no way he would have heard it. However, the movie would have ended at this point in the game. So, I got to go along with it. I'm just saying, that's the only scene that doesn't work for me. I mean, everything works in regards to like uh, the suspensefulness. How is Marty going to get out of it? It's just the final... Uh, I guess execution of the reason how he gets out of it. That's the thing that doesn't work for me. Everything else does, you know, Reverend Lowe, just saying, I'm doing it for God. You know, I got to murder people for God. You know, as we all know, crazy people out there killing people always say they got to do it for God, which we know is just ridiculous, but that's his motivation. And uh, I do like his transformation though, man. He looks just very crazy. I love his, his voice, Marty, you know, he's got that real deep, crazy voice, And uh, yeah, outside of that, the only thing that blows it for me is Mr. Fetterman, obviously hearing him. So unless Mr. Fetterman is Superman, there's no way he would have heard Marty. But moving on, it's the only issue I have. Now, the death of the sheriff was uh, pretty cool as well. It's where we get our transformation scene. You know, this is where uh, we have Red telling the sheriff what's up. He's like, this is a crazy story. You expect me to believe it. He's like, I just... Expect you to check out Reverend Lowe. That can be arranged. And we get a nighttime suspenseful scene. And he goes in the garage and Reverend Lowe does his transformation. Now, is this the greatest transformation scene? No. In fact, the best is at the very end when he uh when they obviously play in reverse and he's going back into a human. This is good. I give this transformation scene about maybe a seven. I mean, obviously the ones in the funeral, those ones were kind of lame. This one is good, but it's not fantastic. I mean, definitely American Werewolf in uh, London has the greatest transformation scene. I don't deny that and hands down. Ah, uh, but this one's pretty good. You know, I definitely don't think of it as the best, but it's effective and just beats the crap out of him with that bat. And there you go, scene is over. And then we move on to uh, making the silver bullet, and it's pretty cool. I love Jane just talking over about how all the legends have changed and that some of the details are a little bit worried. But one thing is they all agree on is. You can only kill a werewolf with the silver bullet. And they make the silver bullet. And I love the little, you know, blacksmith. He just happens to know all about, you know, what this is for and how about a werewolf. You know, it's just, oh, it's good times, man. This guy, he knows what's going on in this town, him and Marty. But I just love the talk, you know, Marty, Jane, and Uncle Red, just like, you know, Maybe he'll come out whenever there isn't a full moon, you know, he'll just stop being human you know, it's just, it's really good. It's kind of scary the talk that they're having, but then we get to, uh, the ending. Now, here's the thing. Here's kind of Peter's big, um, he, he's definitely enjoyed the movie. I'll kind of give you a little spoiler to his email, but he says that the ending, uh, he was cheated on. He felt that the ending was too fast and therefore dropped his score. So I want to go over this ending here. Now, technically speaking, I consider the ending to start at 1 hour, 25 minutes, and 30 seconds. This happens when uh, Uncle Redis said, you know, the moon is full, and I did win... uh, Subscription to popular mechanics. It hits nighttime. This officially starts the ending because we're building up, man. Uh right here, it's the full moon. I mean, you know it's nighttime, so you know this is the point where the werewolf's gonna kick in. We have exactly twelve minutes left of this movie, which I think they do a fantastic job on this ending i don't feel cheated at all because here's the thing man we see everybody just hanging out you know waiting for the werewolf and then all of a sudden we see you know the werewolf show up and he's got the growl and you got the music and then we have uncle red who you know burns himself and it starts to just build and build and build you know first he burns himself he gets pissed off he's like you know what uh this is ridiculous you guys are going to bed And my favorite scare of the whole entire movie, now granted the bridge scene is my favorite scene but my favorite scare moment is when uh, Jane looks out the window and there's Mr. Werewolf staring at her. Freaks the hell out of me, still scares me, I'm no one to expect it terrifies me man and then he looks out the window i'm starting to have a familiar feeling come over myself i'm beginning to feel like a horse's ass he takes out the bullet now here's the thing when they're starting all this like the lights go out man i would have put that bullet back in the gun man but this scene is building up tension now i think your problem is is the fact of the actual fight with the werewolf itself was pretty fast I mean, we're building up suspense here. I mean, this is great. You're having the werewolf just take out the resources, taking out the lights. And, you know, then he breaks in and the, and the bullet goes flying. So now you have the werewolf in the house. Uncle Red finally believing there's a werewolf. You no longer have your silver bullet. It's officially fallen. I believe it fell in where the heat would come out. And then you have Uncle Red just trying to hold the werewolf off from killing attacking the kids because what are the kids going to do number one marty's out of his wheelchair what is jane going to do and of course you know uh she gets attacked and he's picking her up and you're thinking oh my god jane is dead uncle red comes in and hits him over the head you know it's just it's fantastic you get the close-ups of the face with only the one eye you see his teeth moving his jaw moving uh this is just this is where you get to see the werewolf in full-blown capacity and the movement and it just looks fantastic it looks great The scene is just so, oh man, so much suspense. And it's like when, this is like the scene of Michael Myers coming after Laurie Strode as she's crossing the street. That scene itself maybe lasts for like a minute, but it's a very impactful minute. Same thing goes with this ending. Yeah, the fight lasts for maybe two or three minutes, but what do you what do you expect? I mean, what are the kids gonna do? So I thought it was a brilliant ending. The way it was shot, the way it was done, it was I never once lost intensity. And of course, Marty's a great shot, shooting him in the eye. And then of course the transformation scene in reverse of the werewolf turning back into Reverend Lowe. Was done fantastic. I love it. I mean it was definitely the best effect of the whole entire movie. And of course he has to come back for one final scare. As they say uh, in the Scream movies. I think the most impressive thing about this movie. Is the way that it ends. Because how many horror movies actually end on a happy ending usually there's got to be some sort of you know he comes back at the very end or they open their eyes or whatever you know you got to get the one last scare and then you get the credits but this one the werewolf is dead you have marty and jane that just make a joke and everybody's fine and the fact of you know i love you jane and you know then you have the you know i love you too and it's just it's great it's a good uh ending and they're both together and uncle red obviously knows everything's true and it's kind of what's going to happen in the aftermath you kind of got to think about that but i've never seen a werewolf movie end like this let alone most horror movies they nine times out of ten have a crazy ending to them that's not happy this one actually ends on a happy note so is this the greatest werewolf movie of all time? That's obviously your opinion. I mean, that's the whole purpose, right? This is an opinion-based podcast. I'm not straight. I'm not stating fact or anything. This is just my thoughts. But this is my favorite. Uh, is it the best? I don't know. You know, I don't think I've seen every werewolf movie out there. Uh, I'm sure most people will say American Werewolf in London is their favorite, and that's awesome. I'm sh- I can't wait to revisit it. But this has always been my favorite because this is a kid fighting a werewolf. When you watch this as a kid, you become Marty. So this is like if you were if this was happening to you, it's like the kid saves the day. Most of these movies, it's always the adult that has to fight the big bad. In this movie, it's the kid that gets to be the hero. So because of the fact that I watched this movie as a kid and it's had so much impact on me because it's still so scary and I definitely put myself in Marty's shoes. It has so much uh, emotional value to it, so much fun factor to it with the fun scene, so much scare fest and the gore is pretty... It's not as hardcore. Uh, there's some scenes you got to use your imagination. And, and, may, and It looks worse in your mind than what they could have showed you on screen. And the score is fantastic. It's just, for me, this is a five-star movie. Yes, I have the the issue with The Barn where, you know, obviously uh, Marty shouldn't have been heard. But I overlooked that because from beginning to end, this thing is strong. This movie is fast. 95 minutes and you are done uh now five stars yeah is this movie perfect i mean of course it has its flaws i mean halloween has a crap load of flaws but i still love that movie i still gave that one five stars it's my favorite horror movie of all time but looking at the way that this movie was made the people we had in it the storyline Stephen king just man it's just i can't say enough good things about this movie it still impacts me to this day as much as it does when i was a kid And that is a damn good movie. So five stars all the way. This will always be my favorite werewolf movie. Always. It may not be the best, but it will always be my favorite. So that is what I have to say about Silver Bullet. So let's hear what STL Nation has to say. Alright, so you guys already know that Time Traveling Peter is the one that wrote in. So here's what he had to say. Greetings, Masunis and the STL Nation. Happy October to you all. What better way to start off the month then with the Stephen King book written by the man himself and directed by first time director David Addis uh, who would later go on to direct many episodes of a lot of the TV shows that we've all seen I must admit this was the first time I've seen this movie yes it's true I was a little more obsessed with the other big hits from 1985 that also had a character named Marty in it but back to Silver Bullet I obviously knew Gary Busey who played the Uncle Red was a drunk a young Corey Haim riding the coolest motorized Will chair and scooters and the other character I knew very well was Everett McGill who played Reverend Lowe. I know him best on Twin Peaks. Silver Bullet opens up near railroad tracks where a worker gets decapitated within minutes of the beginning. The music was so eerie and the killings were so gruesome to me the practical effects are usually the scariest because it takes me back to evil dead i like the story between jane and marty there was definitely some character developments which is true i appreciate that this movie wasn't just about the scares which there were quite a few jump scares and sometimes i'd choose one i'd close one eye but most importantly there was an actual story So far, I agree 100% with everything you're saying, sir. In a small town, people are disappearing. A kid disappears and his father goes crazy for justice. And you don't get the ordinary family here. You have a brother in a wheelchair, the sister who's second fiddle to her crippled brother, and a drunken uncle who's obviously had issues with the sister Nan, the kid's mother. The story of the Reverend was particularly good. I was fooled during the church scene when he admitted that he had no words to make things better. Nothing to say. To ease their pain. It wasn't until we see his nightmare of people changing into werewolf, is when I kind of figured it out, which you're supposed to. So, you know, there's definitely nothing wrong with you figuring it out there. That's when you're really supposed to. Some of the scenes of the actual werewolves were cheesy. Some of the scenes of the actual werewolf was cheesy even, even for its time, but I read that they didn't even have the whole costume when they started filming. I'm glad they didn't try to show too much, otherwise they think the overexposure would take away from the mystery and scariness of the werewolf, which is true. Uh, yes, they only had part of the costume at certain points, but you know just like i said before with halloween the effectiveness is showing bits and pieces here and there so when you finally get the full effect it definitely has built up in your you know it's built up to the point to where it works. So, uh, Mike, uh, a great example is the fireworks scene. Mike, you warned me, and let me tell you, I actually pulled my blanket closer to my face when, as they say, stuff got real. The buildup was crazy. You got Marty on the motorized silver bullet speeding through the darkness with this fun 80s music, and you're like, yeah, buddy, fireworks. You know, we're having some fun and bobbing our heads. All of a sudden, the music completely stops. Marty lets off fireworks. Fireworks. He's having a good time and then the music frequently changes to some crazy old school slasher music while it's showing the point of view of the werewolf looking at Marty. Then you start thinking, no, this kid isn't a freaking wheelchair, you monster. Uh, As the werewolf approaches him and gets closer and closer, you get that famous Hitchcock sound, the one from Psycho during the shower scene. It was so intense. And the look on Marty's face and you don't know what he's going to do. uh, And he shoots him straight in the eye with the firecracker. I loved it. The cuts back and forth between the two had you expecting the worst. But of course I knew nothing would happen to him since he's one of the main characters. Now some of the werewolf transformations was okay. It kind of reminded me of Michael Jackson's Thriller video when he was a werewolf. The one thing I didn't like was the ending. Alright so here we go. I felt cheated that it was like... It was a little anticlimactic. It was over pretty quick and didn't give me a chance to really fear for the lives of the kids and their uncle. Maybe if Marty wasn't in a wheelchair, they could have actually left the living room. I thought it was pretty good. Not bad at all. Overall, I'd give it 3.5 stars for the story and the acting. They're still above average. If it weren't for the short ending, it would have been higher. Until the next movie, Peter the Time Traveler. Now... The whole effect of this movie is because Marty is in a wheelchair. I don't think this movie would have worked if he wasn't in a wheelchair. It would have just, I don't know. It would have lost so much suspense. So I have no problem with the fact of they're only in one room. It's the only thing that makes sense is for them to be in the one room. And I don't know, man. I didn't feel anticlimactic at all. Like I said, this ending goes on for about 12 I think about 10 minutes, 10 to 11 minutes this thing went on. And it was building up suspense the whole time. And yeah, the fight itself, but you know, what were you going to do? Have Marty stand up and start fighting the werewolf? I mean, I thought it was perfect. It couldn't have been any longer than what it was. So hopefully, sir, some of the things I said helped change your mind. But if it doesn't, then you know, I'm glad at least you liked it enough to check it out. And hopefully you watch it again and maybe you'll feel a little bit differently about the ending. So uh, before I close up and move into music spotlight, I just want to go over real quick in regards to the Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, uh, you know, filmology, if you will. You know, with Corey Haim, there's going to be some movies that hopefully will be on here um, in the in the future. You know, he some of these movies I haven't seen like Secret of Meyer. He was in that movie, which I had seen uh lucas is obviously probably in most people's eyes his best movie i've only seen half of it i did like it but unfortunately i never was able to finish it of course we talked to lost boys and license to drive dream a little dream is definitely a fun movie but i don't think his acting chops were uh, it wasn't full blown like it could have been because it was definitely a Corey feldman movie you know fast getaway is definitely a fun movie i definitely dig blown away i told you it's absolutely terrible don't ever go anywhere near that. Fast Getaway 2 was direct-to-video. I never watched it. He ended up being in Dream Little Dream 2, which I had taped and I never watched. So I have no idea if that movie's any good. National Lampoon's Last Resort was another direct-to-video. So really, uh, the last big movie he had was blown away. And then everything else pretty much went direct-to-video. I'm not going to go through every single one of these, but overall... I mean, I would say in most people's eyes, probably his best movie is going to be either uh, Lucas, Lost Boys, License to Drive, and maybe Dream a Little Dream. You know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people out there that say Silver Bullet is his best, but it's just for me. You know he had so much because he's limited with his legs he couldn't walk. He had to do so much with his face and the way he reacted and stuff. And he I don't think he told one single joke in this whole entire movie you know. And Corey Feldman he's definitely uh, I don't know especially if he's been in more movies than, uh, than Corey, Corey Haim here. But oh yeah he has this guy has been in a crap load of movies. He's just more, uh, he's definitely more of a fun guy. I, I think I love him in Friday the 13th, man. He was definitely awesome in there. You know, of course, he's in Gremlins. I, I think that Corey Haim had better acting chops, but Corey Feldman picked funner roles, if that makes sense. So, overall, good times. Um maybe we'll get more into their filmology as the episodes go on but this episode is already longer than the actual movie itself so we're gonna have to wrap this up so let's roll in to the music spotlight here
2: comes the ready and now here comes the boys from the
1: All right, so I got another fun one for you. As you guys know, on the Blade 2, uh, Blade Trinity episode, I kind of had a halloween theme type of tune. So I got another one for you here. Uh, this one is called Zombie. Obviously, this is a werewolf movie, and I don't have a werewolf song, but this is definitely a song I really dig and love. Uh, there's this band that I saw in concert uh, a few years ago uh, called We As Human. You've heard me play them before in STL. Well, they have this song called Zombie, and it's just this super fun anthem tune. I think you'll really dig it. It's super fun. Uh, there's a special guest star uh singer in there, so uh, the hardcore fans of STL will know this person when they hear him, but it is good times. I hope you dig this song. It's definitely got a fun Halloween vibe to it a good tone and i hope you dig it so overall guys that is it for the episode now Uh, the stl nation has the vote up in regards to the movies to pick for the next uh two movies to apply after child's play and scream and uh, at this point american werewolf in london and um, the Puppet Master are currently winning. So hopefully American Werewolf in London actually wins. That would be cool. I definitely want to talk about that movie. And then we'll definitely you know compare and contrast to Silver Bullet. So I think it will definitely be a fun kind of part two discussion. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully that wins. We've got another week to go. The next movie that we're going to be doing for the STL Oktoberfest will be Scream. I can't wait to talk about this movie. It's going to be fun. It's been a long time coming. I will touch upon the rest of the series But I'm not going to go in too much depth. But this is the movie that reinvented the horror genre. It's going to be good times. And uh, I'm definitely excited to talk about my, uh, you know, where this fits in my list. Because there's a difference between a favorite list and a great, you know, and the best list. And I had uh, this movie on a particular list I had sent in on a podcast. I'll talk about that more on the Scream episode. So please send in your emails for Scream. I want to hear what you guys have to say. So don't forget that's podcast at gmail.com or podcast at yahoo.com. And... In the meantime, after you get done listening to this, if you want to hear my boy Jason tear it up on uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2 over at Flix, it's an old school episode. But, man, I had a blast at work the other day just listening to him tear that movie to pieces. So good, man. So I highly recommend you go check out for Oktoberfest. Go check out Flicks; They got some movies up over there. Jameson's just on the newest episode. So go check out Flicks podcast. And uh, go back in the old days and check out the review of Halloween 1 and 2. And then his review of uh, Rob Zombie 1 and 2. And man, it's it's an amazing, fun episode. So go check that out. And uh, yeah, I will catch you guys next week. I'll be doing Scream either Tuesday or Friday. So get your emails in quick. Because we got a lot of movies to burn through the rest of the month. So I can't wait. So after Scream will be Child's Play. And then after Child's Play... Will be the next two movies that win the vote. It's going to be a super fun month. I can't wait. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. And you guys have a good one. Take care. Misunas out.